Podcast. This is Jared and Artie. We're coming to you uh, this week with episode eight of the Boneyard Podcast. Uh, we're, we're really excited to get back to you um, <laughs> as, as we turn on our computers. Yeah, here. we're just you, we're starting up, so bear so, with us. So yeah, um, it's, been, it's been another good week. Uh, everybody's still quarantining at home. Um, Artie, how you been? Good, man. Good. Spring is definitely in the air. It's beautiful outside. I'm looking out on my, my back patio. It's sunny, not a cloud in the sky. So, you know, yeah, we're, we're still kind of stuck in the house, but it's at least it's nice outside. Yeah, I had to I had to come home. Uh, I've been I've been at the beach all weekend, man. And nice. I had to come home again. My, my wife's staying down there. So I had to come home. I hated leaving that. But what the people want to hear a Boneyard podcast. So I had to come you home. You got to get the people what they want, Jared. So, so I'll, here I am. You, you, you heard it here. I'm I'm coming home from the beach every weekend <laughs> to record a Boneyard podcast for the people that we love, our fans. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, so Artie, um, we've we've had a little bit of a little bit of news in the last week. Um, the, we have the the NCAA has approved the recommendations to allow student athletes to begin receiving pay for their likeness. So what this means is that student athletes can now enter into agreements mm-hmm. with third party businesses um or yeah third party businesses that they can now receive payments from for doing sponsorships or um media spots so maybe you have like a the the one that you always think of is maybe like a car dealer mm-hmm. right that that's kind of the when you make it to the professional leagues you know, okay, I've I've made it when a car dealer right. reaches out to me and says, "Hey, you want to do a sponsorship for our ad or mm-hmm. or for our car dealership?" So, um, so what what we're seeing now is that you can have an athlete, um, you can have a whole nailers, you can have a Jenny Gardner, you can have an Alec Burleson go out and say, "Okay, uh, this is Joe Schmo's car dealership," and mm-hmm. um. Would you like to buy? You want to buy a car from this person because I said so, and I'm somebody of authority because you know I'm an athlete. Now the the one thing the caveat on that is they can't wear anything that says ECU on it. Mm-hmm. So they they can't wear any logo brand um, from ECU or the American Athletic Conference. They but they can um, they can wear. My, my guess is you'll see somebody wearing like a, kind of a. Or like a original, just purple polo, right? Gold polo, something like that. Something off brand. It's you can you you know what it's like mm-hmm. or you know what it is, but but it's not officially it, tied. It with, doesn't actually say yeah the school ECU, or the conference or yeah. anything like that. Right. So um, you're you're gonna start seeing these guys doing doing these things and they're gonna get paid um mm-hmm. from from the NCAA. So the the biggest question is. How can like how will this affect with like recruiting? How will boosters play into this? Um, my my guess is, I mean, from reading about about the rule change, is that the boosters will a booster can still have a have an athlete come and do an ad or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. be engaged with that athlete, right? But Really, the way that they're going to try to keep the boosters out of it is you can't. Coach Houston can't take uh, one of our one of our big boosters to a recruit's home and say, "Yeah, and if you come to ECU, we're going to give you a 
$500,000 opportunity to, mm-hmm. to advertise for my restaurant or for my, <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that won't be allowed. Um, luckily, but I, I I've got to think that somehow, some way the boosters and we'll, we'll talk about recruiting later on in the podcast, but, mm-hmm. um, you, you got to think that somehow, some way recruiting is going to be affected. And it's gonna. There's gonna be some kinks that need to be worked out. Well, absolutely. Well, with any new rule, especially something that's gonna benefit and pay the players, um, you know, there's definitely gonna be some loopholes. Gonna be some kinks. There's gonna be a lot of boosters out there gonna to try to wiggle their way through a lot of loopholes in order to get those certain kids that they want at their school. And, and we we've talked about. I, I think already he uh, he said it a couple of weeks ago. The NCAA is a pimp. I mean, that, yeah, that, <laughs> no, PIMP baby. <laughs> there's, there's no uh, doubt in that, but um, I, I think this is something that they're going to get right. Um, mm. And a lot of people they're saying, oh, well, this means NCAA, the football game, the video game's going to come out. Well, not so fast. That's not included in in this uh, in this new rule, which is a tragedy because that's one of the all time great. Video games, uh, yeah, I, I in saw, my opinion, I, I mean, NCAA football is so much better than Madden. Yeah, but that, that's, I digress. I mean, with with NCAA football, I mean, honestly, give us the blank teams. You're gonna have somebody. I don't, I don't, I don't need the names on the back. I never need the names on the back. <laughs> I, I, I just want to go out there and play, say, ECU football. Go out there, take it to a national championship. Since you know, hopefully in the game it wouldn't be as biased. But if we want it realistically. Mm-hmm. Well, EC won't ever be able to make it to a national championship because the NCAA sucks when it comes to how they do college football and the college right. football playoff. But that's that's not part of this discussion. But <laughs> um, so yeah, that's um, that that's what's going on right now. That that's probably the biggest news to come out in sports, um, other than other than really. When when our store when our sports gonna start back up? Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is the biggest thing. Um, that and they're they're saying okay the 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 transfer. I mean they they've kind of nixed that for the time being the the one time transfer rule mm-hmm. um, where they would have automatic eligibility when they when they get to their new school. But um, so yeah, that that's what's going on in college football right now, in college sports in general. In general, right, right. What are you? What What do you think about about this new rule? Well, you know, three words to start out with: about damn time. Um, <laughs> but I, I I will say, you know, the the, the NCAA also we, we we have to take into account the individual states because the NCAA got a lot of pressure on this. If the NCAA was just doing this on their own, yep. I don't think they would have elected to do this as soon they might have you know eventually down the road five ten fifteen years from now they might have, you know pressure might have mounted for them to eventually do it on their yep. own but california was really the first state to move on this um which kind of forced the ncaa's hand and after california you had illinois you had texas i think you had florida um all passing bills that would you know in some way or shape or fashion would pay these student athletes off their name their likeness um etc and so you know this is, you know, I, I think it's a great step forward. I've always been one to bash the NCAA. Um, I, I, I think they're, they're starting to do the right things by these student athletes, but I don't want them to get all the credit for this because they're not the ones that kind of got the ball rolling. I kind of want to highlight the individual states that were able to put their neck on the line 
uh, for these college athletes and get them the due diligence that, that they deserve. Um, with that being said, there's definitely going to be a lot of kinks, a lot of loopholes you got to work out with this thing. Um, there's going to be players still getting in trouble. Oh, I thought I can make money off of this. And the NCAA is probably going to come out and say, oh, you were wearing a team affiliated jersey or a team affiliated yada, 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 and you can't do that. And players are going to be very, very confused. Um, so, I mean, this is definitely something that's going to take a long time to, you know, get right. But um, I, I, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think we're moving forward as far as, you know, looking out for the best interests of the, of the student athlete. I mean, you just take the NCAA tournament, the NCAA basketball tournament. That's a billion dollar revenue per year for the NCAA. Just that tournament. We're not talking about college football, which is the juggernaut of all college sports. Right. We're not talking about everything else. Just that one NCAA tournament, March Madness, is a billion dollars that these kids have never seen any of that money but it goes straight to the NCAA and they claim that it's going back, you know, to scholarships and, and to the schools and yada, 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 but only a small percentage of that money is going back to those schools and only a small percentage is going towards scholarships. So, um, I, th- I think it's a real good thing for the NCAA to be able to do this. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see for sure. Um, also with, with this, I mean, one thing to think about is, I mean, you're going to have guys like your Trevor Lawrence at mm-hmm. Clemson who, I mean, now they can run a promoted tweet and make money off of it. Mm-hmm. These, I mean, these people, these kids, I mean, they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers already on social media. So um, That's another thing that we didn't talk about. The, the influence of social media probably has played a huge role right. in, in this. Yeah, and l- like you said, California was the, the first – State, I think to to actually say, hey, this is going to be part of part of our mm-hmm. legislature. Um, but the NCA has also asked for outside um, help from from Congress. They want they want the they want the government to kind of step in and uh, kind of get these all these rules in place so that mm-hmm. that there's still some mandated guidelines on on how this works right um i saw i saw a tweet from a senator i won't name names a senator but he is a senator from north carolina Mm -hmm. that said that these student athletes they should be taxed on this income other than their their scholarships and i i mean i I wholeheartedly agree it's income that they're it's it's income so any 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 legal income is going to be taxed income so I, i have no problem with that but so that, that that is for sure um, something that they're gonna they're gonna look at before this thing starts. I believe it will start in twenty twenty one. So it won't start this year. So they have a year to work out the kinks, or half mm-hmm. a year to work out the kinks before this thing really gets started. So um, as we were talking about about the NCAA paying athletes or being able to get paid for their likeness, um, we talked a little bit about boosters and. One thing we uh, we want to kind of highlight to, on this week's podcast is the ECU Pirate Club, um, their new marketing initiative, mm-hmm. how how they're renewing ticket sales um, for football this coming season. So I don't know if y'all saw it. I think it was Thursday. ECU, um, the ECU Pirate Club put out the hashtag One Pirate Nation, which um, basically they're they're extending the deadline for priority season tickets for football since the original priority deadline, I believe it was in April. Mm-hmm. 
that has come and gone and due to the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, they've extended that to June 10th. So that that's something to look forward to. If you renew your football season tickets or you buy football season tickets through the ECU Pirate Club, the under the hashtag One Pirate Nation initiative, there, there's some prizes that you can win, Artie. Mm-hmm. L- let me let me know what you think about these prizes. All right. Good. All right. So if you renew before May 11th, okay. So just in a couple of days, if you renew by May 11th, you'll get four seats in the Trade Club in Town Bank Tower for the home opener against Marshall on August 29th. As, mm-hmm. If everything goes as planned, right. So May 11th. You get four tickets, Town Bank Tower, and the Trade Club, right? May 18th, you get four tickets to the game in Columbia, South Carolina against USC. That, that, ooh, that, that's a big one. Um, you'd, be with the, you'd most likely be with the Pirate Club section, um, so you'll be in friendly territory. Um, and I, I, I've already talked about this before, but I didn't think Williams-Brice Stadium was really all the – an SEC stadium's cracked up to be, but that's it's, it's big. It's big, but it's not but, loud. You know, yeah, it's not really that loud. It's and, kind of and, and pirates travel. You know, we we had quite a few in the building when we went. So, so moving on, if you if you renew by May twenty fifth, that's Memorial Day. Renew by May twenty fifth, you're entered to win a chance to raise the no quarter flag during the Thursday night football game against UCF on ESPN. That's a huge one. That's a Thursday what Thursday night game? A Thursday night game Ooh. on ESPN prime time against UCF. So that's that's for the true power fans. Those are that that are that are load you know low, you know bold and loyal. You know those those are for the true power fans. Yep. So also, and lastly, June tenth. If you renew by June tenth, you're entered to win four sideline pregame passes for any game of your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, this is a way for the Pirate Club to kind of boost those ticket sales. Right. I mean, we're, we're trending in the right direction for for getting more fans in the stands, getting more ticket sales going. And this and this is a direct correlation to attendance being down the last, you know, three, four, five years. You know, because it, it, Dowdy's always kind of been filled to capacity, you know, usually every, every start of the football season. And the last few years, we've been kind of down. So I think this is a great initiative to kind of get people back into the stadium because right. little do, you know, the fans know the team needs everybody in Dowdy. You know, we don't need 30,000, we don't need 35,000. We need that place filled to the brim, you know, because they feed off that energy, especially in, at, at, at ECU and, at, and for a school like East Carolina. See, I didn't, I didn't play really, I didn't really play sports mm-hmm. um, in front of fans right. ever. Artie, you you played in a in a pretty big high school football yeah a pretty big football high school yeah um what what do you get I mean I know it's a little bit different from coming from the high school to the college ranks yeah but but what do you get when you're when you're an athlete playing in front of fans it's, Can you it's talk about that it's everything and even even when you're not at home when you're away and you've got you know a couple thousand kids in the student section saying how much they hate you and how much they want you guys to lose and yada, yada, yada. You, you feed off that. You, you really do feed off that energy. It makes you want to go out and play as hard as you can, positive or negative. 
you you got to have fans in the stands. I don't I don't understand how anybody could really get excited and get up for a game and nobody's there to watch them. You know, I, I just you know, and and they talk about you know continuing these seasons without fans. I think that's a travesty. I don't understand how you can have sports without fans. I just I don't see it. I don't think it's any and even if you can't have fans at the games, is it really still safe? You know, to to be having these games. But to get to your question. Um, Positive or negative energy, you feed off that as a, as a, as an athlete, and it's and it's everything. It, it in and especially in Dowdy, when you've got fifty thousand people, fifty five thousand plus going bananas, especially on a you know Saturday afternoon, and you got purple haze going. It you you that energy, you you almost can't put it into words. You right. almost have to be on the field and you have to look up and see the mass of people, and it's just like okay, I'm ready to go. You know, so that's that's kind of what it feels like. You don't you don't have to get amped up to play. No, you don't have to. Get, I don't need music. I don't need any of those. I just need to go out and just see the setting, see the stadium, see the backdrop, see the people. Okay, I'm ready to go. So, so for you, would it be more visual than like actually hearing? So, if you if you couldn't hear the crowd noise, would you rather well, hear the crowd well, noise well, or would I, you no, rather see? Yeah, the crowd? obviously, I, yeah, I, the, the crowd noise plays a, plays a lot into it. But it's it's just the, the the overall experience of the crowd noise, the crowd in general, um, the pageantry, especially in college football, because we know pro football doesn't get as exciting as college football, um, because you know college football fans tailgate pretty there's much tradition. all day long there, there, before the game. So I mean, there's there's tradition mm-hmm. in college football. Exactly. You've got you got Pete, you got Steve the Pirate coming out of the out of the skull coming out and. Throwing his sword, his saber down, his sword down at during Purple Haze. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's why we open every podcast with Purple Haze. I mean, just j- just imagine. Let's say Carolina comes to town. You got ECU versus Carolina, but there's nobody in the stadium. It's not a game; it's a scrimmage. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> it's it's you know it, that that's one of the one of our biggest in-state rivals, and we always get up for that. But if there's nobody in the stands to enjoy it, are you really playing a game? You're just kind of going through the motions and. In some places, that's considered just a Carolina game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bazinga! <laughs> so yeah, guys, make sure you're make sure you're buying your make sure you're buying your student um, tickets. Make sure you're buying your season tickets mm-hmm. for the football season. Make sure you're joining the Pirate Club. It's an awesome opportunity. Um, they have all these networking events. Um, you can also go to like the hospitality. You can sign up for the hospitality tent. Mm-hmm. Go get a pregame meal before you go over while you're tailgating. Meet all these other alumni. Um, I, I really enjoyed it when when I'm part of the Pirate Club. Um, if you're a young grad, which I know most of our listeners are, mm-hmm. they do have a special discount for young grads. I think it's free for your first year, $50 for your second year. $75 for your third year after graduation and $100 after four years after gra- graduation. Wow. So, um, I mean, Artie and I, we would fall in, we fall into the $75 mm-hmm. range. We've right. been out for three years. So, yeah, definitely take a look at that. If you're a young grad, I, I highly recommend joining the Pirate Club. Um, just do that. Go go out there and and join. You're, you're not going to be disappointed. And I, I will say, I'm a little biased. I think raising that no quarter flag on a Thursday night that's what I prime want. time. What I, I would, I, I would yeah. love to do that. That would that would be awesome. That that's what I would want to do. Yeah, raise. That's always kind of been a dream of mine. So, you know, I'll, I'll maybe I'll reach out to John Gilbert and be like, "Hey, John, 
uh, can can I come out and raise the no quarter flag at some <laughs> point? Even if there's nobody there, like no, right, nobody there. You don't even have to play the music. I just want to raise the flag. Mm-hmm. I, I I did that. I was part of the ROTC program in high school, and we, we raised the flag. That that's always fun. Yeah. So all right, um, Artie. Also, we didn't talk about this. We we had it in our notes last week to talk about it, and didn't bring it up. And we didn't bring it up. Uh, Artie, you want you want to take the lead on on the next topic? Yeah, big uh, big signing for ECU basketball uh, last week. Noah Farrakhan, um, three star recruit coming out of the Patrick School out of New Jersey. Uh, formerly was at um, IMG Academy. IMG right? Academy, yep, down in Florida. Which you know, if, if you know anything about basketball and, and sports, you know the IMG Academy is is a powerhouse at creating just stud athletes, football and basketball. Um, but looking at his highlights, I mean, this, this, this kid is, is a little bit of everything. I mean, he's got the height, he's got the speed, he's got the shooting capability, um, good size at 170 and really excited to see this kid come in and see what he can do under Joe Dooley. Um, you know, in, in, in Dooley entering his third year with the program. So, um, really excited about that. I'm not too sure about some of the other signings that we've gotten. I know we've, I know we've had maybe two or three other kids signed in the last week or the last couple of weeks. I know that Noah Farrakhan was the, was the biggest that we had. Um, but really, really excited. If, if you haven't seen his highlights, uh, take the time out of the day to, to look this kid up. Uh, very, very good pro- prospect. Like I said, coming out of the Patrick School in New Jersey. So, yeah, I, I'm just looking at 24-7 sports right now. and look, mm-hmm. Looking at some of the places he's been offered. I mean, just going down the list, Florida, yep. Iona, Maryland. UMass, Minnesota, Mississippi State, New Mexico, Ohio State, Penn State, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Providence, which is, I mean, they're, they're always in the right. March, March. Seton Madness. Hall, which was in the top 10 this last year. Rutgers, Seton Hall, St. John's, VCU. I mean, they're, they're a perennial top 25 team. Virginia Tech, screw Virginia Tech. And then Wake Forest, who has a new, who has a new fo- or who, head basketball coach. Excuse me, I can't, I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Still a little hungover from yesterday. So, you know, I, I, I was looking at the very bottom. It, was, it said Virginia, but I don't think they offered him. No, they haven't, um, they haven't offered him yet. And he'll, he'll still probably get some offers throughout. But mm-hmm. I, I, from knowing some people and talking to some people, I mean, he seems like he's a deadlock to, to, come, to, to come to East Carolina. Come yep. to East Carolina. I mean, you're not going to see somebody come in and flip him. If he's got schools... He's got schools like Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Minnesota, Florida. I mean, perennial top twenty-five power power mm-hmm. five schools. He, he's he's not going to flip. But I, I think he has something a lot of kids don't have at his age, and he knows that he can come into ECU and be an impact player right away. Yep. You know, he can go to a big name school and and sit the bench for a year or two, or, or be redshirted or whatever, um, and and maybe still flourish there. But he can come to ECU and be an impact player under Dooley. Right away, he can be one of the guys immediately, and and I think that's really what played into his decision into coming to uh into coming to ECU. Yeah, and I I wholeheartedly agree. And I, I know when he was at IMG Academy, he moved back to moved back to New Jersey for his senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. He got a little bit of he got a little homesick, um, which I mean I know North Carolina is a little bit. Further down from New Jersey, or clo- but it's closer to New Jersey than Florida. Eight hour drive. So, so um, at least it'll be closer to home than some other some of these other places. But 
we're, we're glad that he's he's going to join Pirate Nation. I think when he gets here and he comes and really gets in with Jan Gardner and the rest of that mm-hmm. that five starting five group, mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna make some noise, and that's I mean that's something to to look out for when when Joe Dooley is able to finally turn this thing around, get absolutely get this basketball program over the hump. Things are gonna look be looking up for ECU basketball. Mm-hmm. We haven't even mentioned our guest for this week's podcast yet. Yeah. We're twenty four minutes into the podcast and we haven't even not even a little bit talked it. about it. Yeah. So uh, who we have on this week? He has one of the biggest highlights mm-hmm. in ECU history, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially in basketball. Mm-hmm. This guy comes up. It's a three point buzzer beater to win the CIT championship. We're gonna have on Akeem Richmond, Artie. What, what what do you think about Akeem? Uh, a guy that was on my Mount Rushmore. I don't know if you guys heard the episode a couple weeks ago, but Akeem Richmond was on my Mount Rushmore of ECU basketball, as he should be. As absolutely, um, he's still twelfth all time um, in the, on the NCAA scoring list for three point field goals made in his career. That's two better than Steph Curry, um, by the way. Um, still, you know, the greatest, most prolific three point shooter in the history of ECU basketball. It's not close. Uh, so very, very excited to have Akeem Richmond on the show. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, here we go to our interview with Akeem Richmond, former ECU basketball player. What's up, Pirate Nation? Today we have an ECU legend that we are interviewing today. He is the uh, all-time leader in ECU uh, three-point field goals made. He is still 12th on the all-time NCAA scoring list with three points made in his career. Uh, we have Akeem Richmond on the show. Akeem, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. How have you? Uh, how have you been during this during this COVID nineteen process, man? How, how how have you been? You know, during this entire pandemic, is the family good, and 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 are you good? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. The family is great. You know, just you know, trying to stay out of the way and just you know, praying for everyone who affected you know by the COVID nineteen. But I'm just trying to stay out of the way, but I'm doing great, man. Hope you are. Yeah, we're 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 doing great here, Akeem. Um where where are you right now? Are you are you back stateside? I, I know you spent a couple years. Yes, in I'm located. Yeah, I'm I'm located in Raleigh, North Carolina right now. Awesome, awesome. So back home. Um Yeah. Glad, glad to no hear place that like home. <laughs> yeah, especially during this time. Um so yeah, let I just kinda wanna get started seeing uh We'll talk about your past, but what what are you doing now? Right now, I'm doing basketball, basketball personal training. Uh, I'm training with different programs, uh, AAU programs, high school programs, middle school programs, and I'm basically a professional shooting coach. So just teaching kids the art of shooting the basketball. Oh wow! So that's pretty much what I'm. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm really enjoying it, man. Yeah, that's that, awesome. that, that's great to hear. And there, there's no better person to be teaching somebody's kid who, how to shoot a three-point shot. Shoot. <laughs> man, man, I appreciate that. Man, some of the guys in, in my rec league, they they probably would they would probably tell me that I need you to come help me out. So, <laughs> so hey, man, I can show you what's up, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get on that. Um, so, how was you, you started off by going to the University of Rhode Island? Correct. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. What what was your time like um, 
at Rhode Island, and what led to you deciding to transfer to East Carolina? Uh, well, I had a great time at uh, University of Rhode Island. It was a hell of an experience, but uh, I began to become homesick. You know, after okay. the games, all my all my teammates they was from up north. They was from like New York, Connecticut, Boston. You know, areas like that. So after the games, all of my teammates would have their families just, you know, around them, supporting them. And after my games, I'd just go back to the dorms. It was just lonely, man. And I couldn't really, you know, it was a culture shock for me, you know, coming from down south and moving all the way up north, dealing with the weather, the food. <laughs> yeah, it's real cold in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, man, it was just, whoa, it was just, it was insane, man. So I decided to transfer to ECU, closer to home. It's about an hour and a half from my hometown. So it was like, man, it was beautiful when I was able to, you know, transfer and just see the difference in the programs. You know, not to down University of Rhode Island, but it was just beautiful, you know, seeing the fan base at ECU and just having my family, you know, just jump, jump in the car and, drive maybe an hour or so just to spend time with me versus, you know, driving 13 hours to University of Rhode Island just to see me. So that's pretty much what happened with my situation. So it just, it just made sense. It was, it was just a better fit for you to come home and, and to be closer yeah. to home. I, I definitely understand that. Exactly. And with the, with the coaching staff that was in place then, that was under Jeff Lebo, correct? What, ECU? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you, you were coming in. That, that was one of Jeff Lebo's um, – I, I would say he was probably, what, in his first or second year at ECU, um, trying to look back at the time. Hey, his second. Yeah. If I'm, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I, I, I was thinking that. So he comes in and, I mean, well, before he came in, were you being recruited at all by ECU uh, during, during yeah. your high school days? recruited uh, in like 11th grade and that also you know played a huge part I really wasn't taking ECU serious at all in high school uh, coach Perry was recruiting me who was the assistant coach to coach Lebo yeah. so when I was about to I was about to transfer to university I met to East Carolina University uh, coach Perry stayed in touch with my father and I had some big time you know offers and a lot of interest from a different you know amount of schools, University of Georgia, uh, South Florida, and uh, North Carolina State University wanted me as well. well we're but glad you didn't I went on. very happy you didn't go to Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, man, I never really told no one this story, but I uh, took my official to East Carolina University. This is while I'm still at University of Rhode Island. I want to say it was around April or something like that. And like I said, I wasn't even taking ECU serious. And uh, Coach Perry told my dad, like, as well just come. Because I was supposed to visit NC State after that. So I was just taking the ECU visit just to take it. You know, I wasn't really too interested. Man, I got down to Greenville. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I seen the <laughs> apartments. It was a pool party going on that day. Oh, it was, yeah. it kind of, yeah, it kind of sounds like it my was. first visit to ECU, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, that, that's how you know yeah, uh, ECU EC is the real deal. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy. And then, uh, so we went out to eat. 
I mean, that was all right, but they took me to the apartments and pool parties, and I was like, oh, my. Coach Perry, my it law. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's just a different different kind of facility, you know, just you know, the outside uh, stuff that you can yeah, do. It's just the, a different um, can you repeat that? I'm sorry, what would you say? No, I'll, I'll just say it's 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 a different kind of beast at at, at ECU. Just yeah, like a different absolutely. kind of animal with the with the party atmosphere and everything that you can do outside and socially. Like it's just a different animal. People don't really understand that outside ECU, Man. but it's just it's just different on campus. Yeah, I've always heard about it, but then I seen it for myself. And then Coach Lebo took me into the office, and he was just showing me film and telling me, you know, the style of play that we would be playing. And then I just interrupted him and told him, hey, uh, where the papers at? I want to go here. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, my dad looked at me because before I make any type of, you know, big-time decisions, I always, you know, converse with him and discuss it with him. And he was looking at me like, boy, what you doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just went ahead and committed on the spot, man. I just felt it in my heart. I'm like, I'm going here. I'm not even visiting NC State. This is where I belong right here. <laughs> well, we're, we're absolutely happy. You definitely chose us, especially over that, that school in Raleigh. But uh, switching gears a little bit, Akeem, what was uh, what was your inspiration to pick up a basketball and and really become one of the great you know three point shooters in NCAA history? Uh, well, my dad used to train my older brother, and my brother is ten years older than me, and uh, I just used to see him out there training him, and I used to beg my dad like, please train me like that one day, please train me like that one day, and he sat me down, he said, hey. If I'm gonna train you, you're gonna have to take it serious. Like we're gonna work every single. It's not all fun and games. So I was like, okay, that's cool with me, and that's pretty much how I got started. And me and my dad used to train every day, and I was I was so much better than my peers. Even at the age of six, you know, I was just destroying guys. I've I've had games where I had like sixty some points. And it just kind of went from there. You know, I always had high confidence, and that's from a young age, you know, just putting in work. And you do something so many times, it just becomes, you know, easy, like riding a bike or something. I got you. I got, and I know your dad, he was a uh, a football player for ECU. I didn't actually did not know that. Um, yeah. Up, up yeah, until he, a, a few days ago, and I, I looked it up. So I, I definitely see the ties there between, between right, you right. and your dad and that competitive spirit that you guys got, got going on. Exactly. Yeah, he played football at ECU. Um, he also was a really good basketball player. He told me that he had basketball offers as well. I think he said University of Georgia offered him and Clemson, I believe. So he was torn between the two of playing football and basketball. Yeah, I could definitely see where, where he would be um, torn between that. So I'll, I kind of want to talk about – you talk about your – your training, how you're training some of these middle schoolers, the high schoolers. Right. What I want to, what I want to know is how are you, or what do you tell them? What's the, what's the one key that maybe you give them or maybe say, Hey, you need to really focus on this. That way you mm -hmm. you start getting some offers, start getting recruited by some of these college basketball well, programs. I just focus. And it's transition. If you can knock down shots, you can play for any team, whether it's middle school, high school, college, you know, and so on. So that's mainly what I'm telling them, just 
stay away from all the, you know, and one crap, you know, dribbling between your legs and all that extra stuff. Stay away from that. Let's stick mm-hmm. to the basics, you know, the fundamentals of the game. And that'll get you a lot further than, you know, all the and one stuff. That's pretty much what I try to tell my kids. And I tell them what the coach is looking for. The coach don't want to see someone come down and dribble a hundred times, dribble, dribble, right. dribble, 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 and then shoot. You know, kinda, so that's pretty much all that, yeah. all that James Harden uh, dancing that yeah. he has going on. <laughs> exactly. James Harden can do that. He's already in the NBA, and, you know, the coaches obviously are not complaining about that. Mm-hmm. But everyone isn't James Harden. Right. You know, he's like one out of a million or maybe higher. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's now, pretty much what I'm telling them. Just focus on, you know, shooting the ball the correct way. And Akeem, I was um, – I know you spent a, a, a few years in the G League and you spent a few mm-hmm. years overseas in Australia. How was your time in the G League? How was your time in Australia? And what would you say was, was the better of the two leagues or which one did you prefer the most? Oh, uh, man, that's a tough question because I learned a lot of different things in uh, both places. Uh, the G League, it was really fun, like, as far as when we – actually like play the right way Mm -hmm. but it's some pros and cons to being in the g league you know um the cons are everyone's trying to get a call up so it's not really genuine basketball it's not genuine team basketball everyone's for individual you know stats and points and things like that right right. so because everybody wants an opportunity yeah exactly versus being overseas you only have two americans on there and they're playing the correct way. They're setting screens. They're moving without the ball. You know, different things like that. But, I mean, I loved it all, man. It was a mm-hmm. hell of an experience. You know, I learned a lot. And that's pretty much what I'm trying to pass on to the youth. You know, all the knowledge that I've learned, you know, in college, professionally. You know, that's pretty much what I'm trying to do for the youth right now. But I enjoy my time in all places. You know, it's certainly a blessing. Yeah, so also look, looking at it, um, when, when you were coming up, when you were, were, when you were getting into college um, and maybe even in your high school days, was there, was there a player, was there a basketball player that you were trying to model your game after? <laughs> yeah, I have a few, man. Uh, when I was in middle school, I was trying to play like Rashad McCants. I even wore number 32 and everything. Mm-hmm. But then uh, high school – Wayne Ellington came along. I started trying to play like him. And then uh, around 12th grade, I just started playing like myself. I just said, I'm not trying to be like nobody else but a King Richmond. Right, right. And I was, you know, I was comfortable just being myself. So that really helped me out a lot. Not trying to imitate nobody, not trying to play like no one. I'm just out here doing me, focus on me. And I noticed, like I said, I played much better when I did that. <laughs> and I, I think it's very important that you said that, because if you're going to reach a certain level of, of success, you have to be able to buy into your own product, you know, be able to buy into yourself and Absolutely. what you bring, you know, to the, to the floor. So I, I definitely appreciate you saying that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And oh, also, a, kind, of a, kind of a fun question here. Who would you say is the greatest three-point shooter, I, I guess, college or professional that you've ever seen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides myself, man, God, um, 
I don't know, man. I like I like Clay Thompson. Like a lot of people. That's a good choice. But when Clay Thompson gets it, huh? <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Clay. Yeah, it's Clark. hard to beat 37 and a quarter. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that's yeah. going to be duplicated ever again. So, Yeah, man. That's a tough question, though, because there's so many snipers out there, you know? Right, especially in today's game. Exactly, exactly. Now, Akeem, looking back at your time at ECU, I mean, you, you had – you played two years. Your first year, mm-hmm. I, mean, I believe you, paid, you played like 34 games or something like that. And, yeah. But your second year, your senior year – um, you you had 34 games. I believe you started all of them. Um, yeah. What what was that like? Kind of once you got into the program, once you had that one year um, where you sat out. What was that like? Uh, it was. Oh, when I was sitting out, I was just putting in that work. You know, uh, just getting up a lot of shots, and then it was time to you know start playing so that was my junior year it was going all right you know just to be honest I was kind of pissed off because I felt like I should have been playing more Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all remember I wasn't really playing that much you know I was coming off the bench but every time I got in the game I was producing you know I had games where I had 18 points in 10 minutes and 16 points in 12 minutes so I was just doing that all year to the point where Coach Lebo just had to start playing me. So I started playing more towards the end of the season. And then uh, we had like five people graduate. The guys that was taking all the minutes, they graduated. So I knew I was like, man, my senior year is going to be crazy. I'm stupid every single time I touch it. (laughs) That was the mindset. So senior year, we didn't do that well, but I had a man. I had a blast on the court senior year. <laughs> yeah, you had a, you had a great senior year. Season, senior year. I know you averaged uh, you know a little over eighteen points a game. So right. you know, I, I know that senior year, you really kind of busted out and showed everybody what you could do. Exactly, and I felt like I mean I could have did that my junior year, but you know I had people in front of me and you know different type of things like that. So I already knew my senior year was gonna be you know yeah crazy. I mean, your junior year, even even not playing as much as you would like to, I mean, you still average, I believe, over twelve points a game, um, and right, play, right, playing right. in over thirty games. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 were still putting in work out there. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That comes from like after practice, I was just you know getting up three hundred to four hundred shots before and after, and no one else is doing that. Yeah, no one else is doing that. So I knew it would pay off you know, in the long run, and it did. So, you have probably the most iconic moment in ECU basketball history, right? I mean, yeah. There's no real debate, right? <laughs> that's it. So, right, right. before I ask you about the shot, I want to ask you, have you always had that clutch gene growing up from – elementary, middle school, and high school, have you always wanted the ball in your hands in that big moment? What what just kind of molded you into wanting that? Right. Um, it's my dad, you know, just uh, instilling in me just to have confidence every time you shoot the ball, you know, shoot the ball with confidence. So, I mean, when I would train in my backyard, 
I would just, you know, count down five, four, three, two, Richmond shoots, and he makes it. And it's so crazy, man, because after I used to make it in my backyard, I would run around my house like three or four laps just celebrating. <laughs> and just and that's how it went down in Utah, you know, for the CIT championship. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's crazy to even put into words, man, how amazing that felt. You know, just seeing your dreams actually come true, seeing something that you worked on when you was six years old come true at the age of, I believe I was 21, 22, something like that. Yeah, so you, you mentioned the shot. So the shot in the CIT championship to win, I mean, it was the number one play on Sports Center. I think yeah. for the year. I think it was the number one play for the year. What – so – what what was going through your mind during that play, during the timeout beforehand? What what was kind of going through your mind? What what was said on the bench? What was said on the court? Um, can you kind of walk us just walk us through that from Akeem Richmond's point of view? Well, it uh, it jumped off so fast. I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't even it wasn't a timeout. Like the guy missed the free throw, and then we oh just, yeah yeah we just went. So we didn't have anything to really discuss. I mean, uh, I was in the corner, and I just seen Miguel uh, coming off of a double screen, and Coach Lebo always uh, told us that, you know, when a point guard is driving, I always shake up to the wing. So uh, that's something that we worked on all the time in practice. So it was, like, automatic. Like, you don't even have to tell us to do it. We're just doing it on our own, and it uh, – it was really beneficial for me to do it that night. So, yeah, um, yeah I knew the shot was good, though. I knew the shot was good. <laughs> you, you knew it was money when it left your hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did, man. I couldn't wait, man. It was like time to stop a little bit, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. You, you don't – you see these shots, you, you see these highlight real plays, but you never – a lot of times you don't get the chance to actually reflect on that several mm-hmm. years later. Right, right. Sorry. Sorry. Our, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But <laughs> Artie's Amazon Echo just went off. Uh, <laughs> we're leaving that yeah, in. Good. We're leaving that <laughs> in. Don't worry about it. That's fine. <laughs> so, so when um, you, you don't – what I was saying was you don't get an opportunity really to always look back and reflect on that with the guy that actually made the shot. So, it, it's really great to hear kind of what was going through your mind knowing that you you knew it. I mean – you, you hear about these guys that were like, oh, I don't know. But, like, you, you could tell that when they shot the shot, right? sometimes they didn't know. And it, and it wasn't just a shot that, you know, was just for a regular season game no. or to get you into some sort of playoff. I mean, this was for the CIT championship, which is, you know, the, the best thing that ECU basketball has ever done. That particular season is the best season ECU basketball has ever had. So, I mean, that's what really makes it special. And the fact that they didn't even have a timeout, they just had to run it and go. Um, yeah, we were hands-on with it, man. <laughs> so, Akeem, we, we talked about your career. I, I wanted to know, are are you still involved at all with the program? Do you do you still go back and do you, have you talked to Joe Dooley? Have you met some of the new guys? Mm, nah, to be honest, I haven't really spoke to Joe Dooley like that. I talked to him when he first was hired. But since then, I haven't really been back. Uh, the last game I came back to was, against UNC Wimbledon when uh, – this was B.J. Tyson's senior year. 
which was a really good game, man. I think it went into overtime, and that's pretty much the last game I've been to. But, I mean, I support the Pirates. You know, every time they come on television, I try to watch them. I definitely uh, love the kid Gardner. He's a beast, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a beast. So, yeah, I mean, Gardner, we we just got a uh, we we just got Noah Farrakhan. Uh, yeah, I heard he's a really good recruit. I mean, he he looks like a stud. So it's looking like uh, EC, looking up. EC basketball is That's looking good. like it's on the come up um, since it's, it's kind of been on the downturn since your shot in 2013. Uh, yeah, that won the CIT <laughs> championship. But um, right. yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I wanted to thank you for coming on to the podcast with us. But before you go, before you go, we have one question for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay? Uh, yep. I, don't, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast yet, to any of our other episodes, but I wanted to ask you this question we ask all of our guests, okay? Okay. It's, yep. a, tough, it's a tough question. I'm, I'm expecting a good answer, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I tough got you. question. All right. So, you, you spent a couple years in Greenville. You know all about the sights and sounds. You even talked about – the uh, the pool party that really got you to sign with ECU. Um, yeah. What is so you go to Sup Dogs, right? You sit down at Sup Dogs. What's uh-huh. your What's your Sup Dogs go to order? Oh man, you asking the wrong person because <laughs> oh, I am no. I am a I am a basic eater, man. What, <laughs> what I get at Sup Dogs, I get hot dogs and fries. That's it. Just, any, any, uh, anything on the hot dogs? Anything on the hot dog? The sauce. I forgot the sup dog sauce. Sup okay. sauce. Okay. 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 All yeah. is forgiven. All is forgiven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all I get, man. When I used to go with my teammates, they would clown me. They're like, man, <laughs> and I don't even get nothing on my hot dog, just the sauce on the side. <laughs> okay. Hey. So yeah, man. I'm a basic eater. <laughs> I, I I can respect it as somebody that usually is a basic eater or a picky eater, like. I don't even want to say picky, but like mm-hmm. I, I can respect it. Sometimes you just want the natural flavor, but right. But yeah, once again, Akeem, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Boneyard Podcast. Absolutely. Um, once hey, I appreciate to, y'all for having me. Once I enjoy it, doing this. Yeah, man. Once once it gets closer to basketball season again, once we start getting things rev back up, we'll uh, we'll have to have you back on. Okay. Absolutely. Man. All right, that sounds great. All right, appreciate well, you. Stay safe, Akeem. All right, y'all do the same. All right, man. We'll, we'll talk to you All later. Right. All right. Okay, sounds good. All right. Once again, you know, just want to thank Akeem Richmond for coming on the show with us today. Uh, we covered a lot in that interview. It was another good interview that we had. Uh, talked about his game-winning shot in 2013 in the CIT championship game. Uh, probably the greatest shot in ECU basketball history. Uh, talked about what he's doing with the youth, uh, mentoring uh, young basketball players, and, and talked about his, you know, passion and why he got into basketball to begin with. So it was a very, very, very good interview and. uh Definitely do yourself a favor and, 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 and listen to that. Yeah, so um, once again, thank you to Akeem. Um, it, it was really great to talk to him. I, I haven't talked to him that much. Um, I, I've known him for a little while, but haven't haven't really had that long and that in-depth of a conversation mm-hmm. with him. Um, great guy to talk to. So thank you again, Akeem, for doing that. Um, now, Artie, you, you had – posed a question to me earlier yeah and i said let's let's discuss this on the on the podcast because mm-hmm. i didn't want to i didn't want to waste a bullet for for um I, I guess that's what they would say right yeah waste a bullet so you had a question why don't you go ahead and ask that question and we'll we'll pose it also to our listeners we'll, we'll put a question out on 
Twitter and they can answer it too. Yeah, you know, uh, Joe Dooley is entering his third season with ECU yep. basketball. Um, so now we're starting to get into the thick of things as far as his tenure here at, here on campus. And really my question was, will ECU basketball finish with an above 500 record? Not a mm. good record, not a great record, but above 500. Well, above 500, I would say, is a great record for ECU <laughs> basketball. Um, that, that's just me being honest. But right. Um, I, I don't see it happening, mm-hmm. to be honest. I don't see it happening this year. Um, depending on how everything else shakes out with the with, with how our global community looks in October, November, when basketball is starting to heat back up, mm-hmm. um, hopefully, hopefully our world climate will be a little bit different than what it is now. But I don't, I don't see ECU basketball winning 500 game or winning having a 500 winning percentage right um, next year. But I will say that I do see that they're they're making a come up. They're on the come up. We mm-hmm. talked about that. We talked about it in our interview with Akeem. We talked about how they're on the come up. Um, what I will say about ECU basketball, it wouldn't shock me if they get to a game, two games under 500. Mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see that happening. I I don't know if I see them actually getting over the hump, right. getting into that positive over 500 um, record for the season. Mm-hmm. But I, I see it happening in the next two years, two, three years. Um, I can see Joe Dooley's his kind of his his play sheet, his his map, and I know where where he's taking us. So I can definitely see that with the guys that we have on the roster now. I can definitely see us going in in the future to over five hundred. Right, and 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 we had talked about this a few weeks ago on the episode that we have. I think when we were doing our uh, ECU Mount Rushmore of basketball, um, I think it's very important that people don't get impatient with Joe Dooley. Uh, because we're not rebuilding a program, we're building a program. There's a difference between rebuilding and we never had building. A we never had a program. So I, I think it's very important for people to not get impatient. Um, most importantly, I, I, I think, is being competitive. I think there's maybe 34 games in a college basketball season, if I can remember. Yeah, I think that, I think that with the conference tournament on average. Yeah, so, you know, Getting to you know seventeen and sixteen or you know a seventeen seventeen record to me I I I think that would be um, phenomenal even if we were sixteen and seventeen or sixteen and eighteen just knowing that we were competitive and that we you know could could hang with some of the teams in the American Athletic Conference because you look at our conference and we've got stud teams in our conference you got Cincinnati you got Memphis you got SMU you got Wichita State. You've got Houston. you got Houston. You've got legit basketball programs. A lot of these schools are not known for their football; they're known for their basketball. So, I think it's very important. Number one, for people to not get impatient with this coaching staff, let it run its course, let them do their thing. Because I think Joe Dooley has been a winner everywhere he's gone, and I think he's going to be a winner eventually at ECU. I agree with you. Within within two to three years, I think we will have a winning team. Um, as much as I would love to argue that we would have a above 500 record this season. I'm with you. I don't see it um, just because of the competitive nature that our conference is and, you know, trying to compete with a lot of these programs that are already established. Um, But I will say I think it's very plausible for us to have 15 15 to 16 wins, which to me is about right at 500. Yeah. 
and I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a, you know, very doable thing for us. The um, the problem the problem with ECU basketball and in most cases in ECU football in the recent history, they haven't been able to go on the road and win. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to win conference games at all. Right. I mean, that's one. They can win other games. They can beat other teams. Mm-hmm. But once they leave Greenville, they can't win. Once they leave or come into the conference play, they're, they're having trouble winning. Right. That I mean, that that's what we're seeing with ECU athletics. And mm-hmm. I think that Coach Houston and Coach Dooley are getting their respective teams back on track and teaching them how to be winners. Right. How to how to have the right mentality to win. So um, I, I would say that in the in the next couple of years we're going to see ECU on the on the up and up yeah. and and mess around maybe make an NIT tournament. But one, once we make an NCAA tournament, that's when I'll know. Okay, we've arrived. We, we've arrived as a program, as, right. as a legit program. We have arrived, and, and it's you can't just have that one season and not build on it. Right. You've got to build on it. You got to continue to build mm-hmm. on it. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing the envelope. That way, you're growing the program. You're not having to break it down and tear it back down every couple of years. That has to happen with any program. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to see it. Okay, you have one good year, and then it's back to the bottom. I, I've said I've said on this podcast, and I've said it before, talking to other people. There's three wins, three ways to win in college basketball. Mm-hmm. One. You're just one of those blue blood teams. You're, you're, you're going to get the recruits. You're the Kentucky, the Carolina, the Duke. It's, it's just all based off your name. You're going right. to get the guys. Number two, you have a you have a kind of a shady system going on. Uh, we talked about the giving money through boosters mm-hmm. things earlier. Coach Patino. <laughs> I ain't calling nobody out, but you know, just just saying. You, you have that going on. You, you cheat. Mm-hmm. Or number three, and this kind of happened with Wichita State, happened about 15 years ago with Gonzaga. Um, it's happened with all these other Seton Hall. I mean, you have just a miraculous season, and then you build on that. Right. And I think we're not we're not blue blood, and I hope we're not cheating. Uh, I think that um, I don't I don't think that would be. I don't think that would have been going on, honestly. And if so, we were doing a pretty bad job. I was about to say, if, if, we, if, if ECU basketball is cheating, we're doing a terrible, terrible job. That, that's just money <laughs> not being well spent. Um, so, yeah, that's that's um, what I would say. In the next couple of years, ECU will be back. Um, we'll, we'll actually say, okay, we've arrived. Joe Dooley will take us. He's building something. You can see the wheels turning, mm-hmm. just like Coach Houston is building something. You see the wheels turning. Um, it's just, it's not going to be immediate, guys. If you're listening to this, you've got to keep telling yourself, it's not going to be immediate. It's going to be three years down the line right. when and you start seeing these results. And that's not to give Coach Houston or Coach Dooley a pass. You know, no. they, don't, they don't have a decade to turn it around. They don't have seven, eight years to turn it around. It, it's it's got to get turned around within the next three to four years. But it, that's what it's going to take, you know. I, I think – in. The one thing I'll say about Scotty Moe when, when he was the coach at ECU, I will say I personally, I want to give coaches the benefit of the doubt. I want to give them a full four years. Mm-hmm. That way that they can at, at least have one year mm-hmm. of their recruits playing for them. Right. That That's just me. Um, 
but I'm willing to listen to other people talk about their philosophy on it, but it's not going to really change my mind. And I mean, I think Coach Mo was also thrown into an impossible situation too. I mean, he had just come off of a, you know, coordinator position at Duke, um, which I think he's a phenomenal coordinator. But to be thrown into Division One head coach right after, you know, probably the most successful head coach in you know ECU football history. I don't know how many bowl games we had gone to under Ruffin McNeil in the last you know eight or ten years that he was our coach. Um, it had to be at least six. But to you know to to try to live up to that expectation. Um, it was it was it was rough from the start. Now, I, I I don't I never really agreed with the pick to go with Coach Mo, even though I, I liked him. I liked his energy. I liked his attitude. I was all on the Brady Hoke train. Um, you know I'm a Michigan man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wanted I Brady Hoke. I, I really wanted Brady Hoke. I was trying to call Brady Hoke. I was trying to email Brady Hoke. I was trying to get him to come to ECU when we saw all that going down. I mean, this is a guy who had a ten win season at Michigan, so I know he could have done something very special at ECU. Um, but you know that's that's a topic for another day. Um, but I, I definitely think that you know Coach Houston and Coach Dooley are going to get these programs turned around and kind of model after a Cliff Godwin, who is you know I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon as far as ECU baseball. So um, you know I, I, can, I can definitely see that within the next three to four years, our programs will be probably where they should be. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about before we go to Twitter questions. Uh, Jordan Williams, former ECU linebacker, taken first overall in the Canadian Football League draft. Um, he went to the British Columbia Lions, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to send a congrats. That, that's big time. That's the first time uh, somebody from ECU has been taken that high. We've had first-rounders in the NFL draft. But in any draft, that's the first time we've seen somebody taken that high. Um, so congratulations to Jordan. Love to have you on the podcast if you're listening. Um, we, we'd love to talk to you about your future CFL career um, as as you move forward now with, with your new career. Um, Artie, what you got to say about very, Jordan Very, very, very happy for Jordan Williams. Very, very excited for Jordan Williams. The CFL is, a, is an awesome organization. Um, and, and, and they it doesn't do get things. enough credit. They, they really don't. Because it, it's it's a it's a top notch you a, know it's a fun football league. I mean, outside of NFL, that that's they're second. It's they're a fun right brand of football to watch. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I will say though, shame on the NFL, because this guy went number one overall in the CFL uh, tournament. We're not we're not talking about arena football here. We're talking about the CFL, which is a legit football league. And he was good enough to go number one. He didn't get any offers from any NFL teams. Right. No undrafted signings. None of that. I just I, I feel like. There's 32 teams in the NFL. At least 15 lost out on a on a on a pretty great prospect that they could have brought into camp and they could have developed and, and probably turned into a, a, a good player. But I could not be happier for him. I think he's going to have a great career. I think he's with the, with the the BC Lions. Yep. That he got drafted by. So I, I I'm I'm ecstatic for Jordan Williams. I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah. So uh, once again, congratulations, Jordan Williams, uh, first overall pick in the CFL draft um, this past weekend. So. That's awesome to hear. Um, now, Artie, time for some Twitter questions. Let's do it. All right. I know I know we had a couple. I'm, I'm going to pick, I think, two for us to answer, okay? Um, if you give me just a second, let's mm-hmm. see. All right. First Twitter question. Let's see. Pulling it up. All right. This one's from Brandon Avery, all right? 
So my boy Brandon. Shout out Brandon. Uh, at B underscore Avery 13 on Twitter. He asks, what are your favorite uniform combos in recent years? And if you could add one for any team, what would it be? Ooh. I know, I know what I'm going with. This is this is for ECU, right? Favorite, favorite? yeah. Okay. Yep. You want me to go ahead and go? Go yeah, go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm curious to hear yours. So, my favorite in recent years is I, lo- I love the black and gold. So like the or no the black and um, purple. Mm-hmm. I meant to say black and purple. I, lo- I love the black top, purple pants, purple helmet, mm-hmm. football. One with the gold face mask. The chrome helmets, the chrome purple helmets. So you just a regular purple. I mean, I like the regular, but. I mean, the chrome is kind of sweet. The chrome is kind of sweet. Go ahead. But going on, I will say, and it's been uh, something that has been widely debated on on ECU social media for the past five, six years since we since we started this. I would love to see the we've got the gold pants. Mm -hmm. I want to see us wear a black pant or a purple pant mm-hmm. with a gold top and a gold helmet. Wow. That is I want there to be so much gold. Like I don't know. So you want so you want you want a, you want a black bottom, gold top, gold helmet. Yeah. Just like like matte gold or like chrome gold or just regular like pro- probably the matte gold the yeah. matte, to match the match the uniform. Mm-hmm. Like the it's it doesn't have even a little bit of gloss. It's just got the matte, right? Yeah, that matte finish, which is that's that's my favorite style of yeah. color. To be honest so with you. have that, and then I would love, I would love on that one to have the state of mind, the pirate state of mind mm-hmm. logo, the one that's on EC's midfield logo, right? On on there, right? So the North Carolina on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to throw it old school. I like I love some of the old school um, uniforms. I love the. Uh, pirate script. I, I love all of that. Mm-hmm. But if I were to think about the next generation, right? I gotta say, I want some. I want to see a lot of gold in that as we go forward. And I know, I know, I'm probably gonna get tortured online for that. Um, people are probably not gonna like that take. But that that's the take that I have. Right. I would love to see more gold. You know, ECU's color combination. We got great colors, to be honest with you. So we really can't mess that up as far as our combinations i've always thought we've had some of the some of the nicest and prettiest um uniforms on the field uh but if, if, if i had to just pick like a personal favorite of maybe not a favorite one i'd like to see um i'm i'm a clean cut kind of guy I, I want the all white right i want white pants white jersey but i want the matte black helmets with the old school jolly roger Ooh. on the side so the matte black helmets the old school Jolly Roger, the all white, you know, top bottoms with the white cleats. I think that would just be the freshest uniforms on the block. I would love to see it. I don't know if we have that kind of color combination. I don't know if we could do it. Um, but just from a personal standpoint, I just think that would be so clean. To be honest wow. with you, yeah. I'd love to see that. I, I, I could get, I could get behind that. Yeah, yeah I could get but I mean, there's not too many combinations that we have that are like, ugh, that doesn't look good. So. Yeah. I mean, I remember that white that whiteout that we did probably mm-hmm. 2013, 2014, and everybody thought, oh, 
It's the damn uniforms. We're the uniforms are cursed, boys. It's not the uniforms, people. I guarantee it's, it's not, not the uniforms. uniforms. All right, so we also have one more question, Artie. Um, <laughs> this question, this question made me chuckle. Um, this question is from our boy Petey. Petey the pirate <laughs> at the ECU mascot. All right. So Petey writes. Would you rather fight one Dave Dorn, Dave Dorn, the head football coach mm-hmm. at uh, at that state college in Raleigh? <laughs> uh, so, would you rather fight one Dave Dorn sized duck or a hundred duck sized Dave Dorns? <laughs> Man, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I kind of want to do the hundred. Duck size, just Dave so I can see how far I can kick. Yeah, because I just want to kick as many ducks as I can, just 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 to kick the shit out of them ducks. <laughs> um, all right, I mean, but I feel like a hundred. If there's a hundred of them shits, they're gonna they're gonna eventually take you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might get away with kicking twenty or thirty, and then you know the last seventy. They just come. They just coming. Yeah, they're just coming. It's like it's like watching a. Uh, that show just, the, just imagine Dave Doran's face on a on a on a duck. <laughs> <laughs> on a duck. That's a, that. All right. So that's a good question. I would say, but for me, I would say that I'm gonna fight the uh, the one Dave Doran sized duck. <laughs> um, I feel like I could probably get in a headlock, choke it out, just like I would love to do with Dave Doran sometimes. But um, that that's another that's another. Conversation for another day, um, Dave. We love you. We'd love to have you on the podcast. We actually podcast. really would love to have Dave um, Dorn on the show. Uh, if you know, if we do have you, I am going to ask you. Like, so is it a rivalry or not? Uh, we'll, we'll talk some shit, but I promise that we'll, we'll keep it to a minimum. Um, considering you look like you're consistently constipated. Um, so, already um, we, t- we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, I believe. We've got it in the show notes. We want to announce who won the Sup Dogs sweepstakes that mm-hmm. we've been running on social media Absolutely. for the past couple of weeks. Um, we're going to announce it here, and then we'll probably announce it Wednesday on on, uh, Twitter. on Twitter. That way people can actually listen to it, and it kind of builds up that mm-hmm. expectation. We want people to listen to this podcast because we, we think it's been a really fun podcast. So, um, Artie, can I get a drum roll? Please. Yes, sir. And you're listening to the Boneyard Podcast. <laughs> All right. So, the winner of our Sup Dog Sweepstakes is Parker Eason at Park Eason, I believe. On congratulations, Twitter. Parker. Uh, congratulations, Parker. Um, we will be in contact with you. We will send you a DM. Um, here soon um if you have any questions or if, if you want to just reach out to us we'll we'll figure all that out um over the next couple days we'll get all the logistics worked out for you um and we wanted to thank sup dogs once again um mm-hmm. for being so courteous Absolutely. make sure you're supporting your local businesses especially if you're in greenville support sup dogs support businesses like sup dogs um keep them open keep them going strong right as we progress out of this virus and into the next phase 
where we can start to getting back to our normal, our new normal mm-hmm. again. Um, I wanted to say, everybody, stay safe. We're thinking about you, Pirate Nation. We love you. Thank you for all you've done for us so far. This week we hit over 100 listeners on our weekly shows. So Thank you, thank you. Thank you for that. We're looking forward to working with you um, and bringing, really bringing all the news, everything to you as we go forward. Um, we've got some cool interviews lined up for the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Um, really looking forward to that. Make, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, uh, Castbox. All we're, we're on all of them. We're not mm-hmm. on Stitcher. We're not on SoundCloud yet, but we're on we're on all the major um, podcast networks other than those. So make sure you're following us, commenting, liking, replying, and uh, leaving a review on all of those. Um, Artie, I have nothing else. Do you? You know, just as we navigate through this pandemic, you know, we're definitely going to come out on the other side better for it. Uh, so as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and until next Sunday, Fire Nation. We out. Peace.